Present the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. It is Monday the 13th. You are tuned into Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. I make individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonAndJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, doing just fine. I'll be a little better if the Ravens will get a win for me tonight, but uh, we have until 8 30 tonight for uh, that to wait and happen. So if I'm a Why little, is it so late? They're in Vegas. Oh. Yeah, go figure. So if I'm a little groggy and upset in the morning, uh, that is more than likely the reason. So what happens in Vegas will keep Jordan up all night. Yes. It, yes. Either way. Yes, absolutely. So, but uh, you're wearing your weekend? lucky hoodie, so yeah, that's a good the, thing. Wore my big, uh, my big purple jersey to my uh, friend's gender reveal for their baby last night. So cool. Yeah, I was the only one wearing a jersey. I think I thought, you know, hey, it's first day of football. I'm at. You know, an outdoor party, maybe wear a jersey, fit in. Mm-hmm. Nope, everybody else looked way nicer than me, and I looked drastically underdressed. I'd, I'd say all your friends know who you are by yeah. now. Yeah, that's so. yeah. Uh, they would have been more surprised if I was properly dressed, I think, or so, appropriately dressed. Speaking of friends, I want to shout out, because I hear maybe Chris Strovel might be listening in. So, hey, <laughs> as Chris was my first news director here, and now he's gone on to other things. Well, there you but, go. But I appreciate that he might be listening today. And before we get going, because we have a ton of guests with us uh, here right. to start the show, uh, since we are doing friend shout outs, I guess I should say shout out to Dave and Sarah for announcing the, uh, the gender of their uh, upcoming baby girl. That's so cool. Yeah, so I won. Uh, I won the bet on that gender for the baby, which I was uh, happy about. Way to move the focus off the child. <laughs> you won. You won the pool. I Great. definitely, Marsha. I definitely did not walk around the <laughs> gender reveal yesterday asking if anybody wanted in on some gender action <laughs> to see who was going to be. You what, wouldn't have done what was going to be what. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But nope. anyways, I digress because we have a ton of people in studio. Right. With us. Our focus this morning is on the women of distinction. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing uh, Wall Day of Caring. So tune in for that because that's always just such a barn burner and uh, always great conversations today. Uh, no exception. Um, we're talking to, we will talk to all three. One of them isn't quite here yet, mm-hmm. but uh, we are going to be having uh, the women of distinction on today. They are Elaine Bartleson, Terry Beard, and Angela Gray. On the phone with us, we're happy to have Lydia Soto Harmon, the CEO of the Girl Scouts of the nation's capital, the country's largest Girl Scout council. Welcome in. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, so how long have you been CEO of, of this particular council? Oh, my goodness. So the Girl Scouts, um, you know, we cover uh, West Virginia, uh, the District of Columbia, Virginia, Maryland. We're 25 counties wide, and uh, we serve over 70,000 members. So it is a very large council. And I have been the proud CEO of the Girl Scouts uh, for I'm starting my 12th year as CEO, which is so exciting. Wow. So how key are events like Women of Distinction and and noting folks in the community who happen to be women who are very inspirational? 
Well, Marsha, it's th- first of all, thank you so much for having us today. And I'm I'm sorry they couldn't be in West Virginia with all our amazing honorees, but thank you for including me. I mean, for us, it is just so exciting that we can year after year. This is our 16th year doing Women of Distinction. Um, picking really amazing women who are living, you know, are walking the walk, who are showing not only in their their day jobs how committed they are to the community, but also in their volunteer service and their commitment to Girl Scouts, that community really matters. And for us, the reason that the Women of Distinction program is so important is because we really believe that girls cannot be what they cannot see. And so for girls to have role models like our three honorees uh, this year is just incredibly important. So I am just so excited that we get to celebrate Terry, Angela, and Elaine um, with uh, this award this year and all the former honorees of Women of Distinction. It's really exciting, and the Girl Scouts could not be prouder. When you look at the bios of these honorees and honorees in the past, it really is a, a well-rounded picture of a person, a woman or man. It's it's someone who um, excels in in industry or business, but also uh, takes time to give back and all around, you know, because we, we work with these folks, um, you know, in the panhandle and we know them to be good quality folks. So good choices. Thank you. Well, you know, Terry, with all the work she's doing with the Chamber of Commerce and getting jobs for folks and Angela and her incredible work on health care and, you know, has been on so many ambulances during this COVID-19 helping people is amazing. And Elaine working on infrastructure and community planning. I mean, it is, you know, these are all the things that make uh, our communities great and, and it makes Girl Scouts great. And we want all of the girls who are a member of Girl Scouts and girls who want to join. So hopefully some of the folks who are listening are realizing that as we all go back to school, this is the time that if you if your girl is not in Girl Scouts or if you're an adult and you want to volunteer, male or female, we have no problem with that, that, you know, Girl Scouts is a place where we can really inspire girls to do great things when they grow up. And uh, will you be in town for the for the luncheon or? Uh... Absolutely, we'll be in town. Uh, the, our board chair Barbara Crumpsick and I—that's uh, one of my favorite events of the fall. Uh, we will be there at the Holiday Inn in Martinsburg. It's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, we do we do a, a real tribute. We do. We have girls who introduce each one of the women, Girl Scouts who introduce each one of the women. We have a, a video that gets this gorgeous pin from Kane Jewelry. Uh, we have, it's just a real celebration of not only these three amazing women, but also of community and the fact that we are a big family. I'm sure we will be talking about this towards the end of the, the broadcast today, but that luncheon is October 13th at the Holiday Inn in Martinsburg. Tickets are on sale already, uh, uh, $5 a piece or 6 for 25 And uh, they're going to be, I'm sorry, that's the raffle tickets. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, that's <laughs> not the, I'm reading the raffle tickets. I think that's $50, $50 a person. Oh, there you go. Yep, but, sorry about that. But, but we do have this wonderful program. It's called Pearls for Girls. Gotcha. Where for, and that's exactly, Marsha, what you were talking about. You can, you can buy a raffle ticket and win a beautiful uh, strand of pearls from Kane uh, Jewelers. And uh, it is, it, it, all the money that is, that, is, um, that is collected goes to support girls in the Shenandoah region with their gold awards, which is the highest earned award in Girl Scouting. And we want more and more girls to earn it. And we absolutely need um, both, you know, people to be excited about it, but also some financial support. So we encourage everybody to 
buy a, a raffle ticket or five raffle tickets, as you were saying, or mm-hmm. come to our event. Yeah, and absolutely, just in time for, for holiday giving or gifting yourself. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> um, anything else you want to uh, say before we have to let you go? Because we, we have a jam-packed show with all of the honorees, too. I, I know you have the, uh, all the honorees. Well, I just want to say hi to Terry and Angela and Elaine. I wish I, I can't wait to see all of you at, at the event. And what I really, I want to leave people with thinking about how, as we have traversed this uh, pandemic and we are hopefully all getting back to our, to our, to our worlds that, you know, our children need us and our girls have, you know, as much as, as adults, we have, um, you know, we have had some, ah, some difficulty uh, navigating and challenges uh, through this pandemic. Our girls need us and their mental health and their ability to do community service and be with other girls and, Sisterhood is so important. So I just encourage everybody who's listening to, you know, think about Girl Scouts. And if you can support a girl, you know, the cookie sale starts in January. So we're hoping that girls will be out there with their booth sales again. Um, But, you know, if you can support a girl, if you have a talent that you can share with troops, please call us. We have an office in Martinsburg, uh, and we would love to hear from you because we're always looking for mentors whether you're a, maybe you, ha- you do photography or maybe you have a business where you can help us with something. We are, we, are, we are of the community. We celebrate the women in our community, and we want everybody to be thinking about Girl Scouts as you celebrate community service tomorrow. Lydia Soto-Harmon, CEO of the Girl Scouts of the Nation's Capital, thanks for being on the phone with us today. Thank you, Marsha. It's really great fun to be with all of you. Thank you. So uh, we're, we've got a lot of folks to talk to. Should we take our first break and then we'll get back and, and sure. uh, chat with them? Sure, absolutely. So we'll be talking more about the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction here on Panhandle Live in just a few minutes. Again, on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. Visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Uh, before the last break, we had on the phone Lydia Soto-Harmon, CEO of the Girl Scouts uh, Nation's Capital, the country's largest Girl Scout Council. And what she was on to talk about, among other things, was the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction. Now we have uh, Vicki Jenkins, Terry um, Beard and Elaine Bartleson here in studio with us this morning. As well as Angela Gray, who, who was able to come in by the seat of her pants. She's mm-hmm. so busy. So thank you for coming in this morning thank as you well. Jordan. Yeah, so. absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I guess we'll get started here uh, with Vicki, who is a former woman of distinction. Now, uh, for those that uh, aren't familiar with you know what we're talking about today, can you kind of give people a little bit of a recap of what you know uh, it means to be a woman of distinction? Well, the Girl Scouts started the Woman of Distinction back in 2005, and normally three community members, one from each county, and not necessarily, but typically that's what uh, happens, are selected based on their contributions, especially to their communities. Many already have full-time jobs and are so very, very busy, but then they find time to serve their communities and do so much for them. And this was a way that we could honor the ladies of the community, but also raise funds uh, for the Girl Scouts, which helped them with their camp activities, with leadership activities, 
And it's just been a wonderful event. Uh, we've raised lots of money in those years, and all that money stays locally. So uh, it's our girls and our communities that are benefiting from this wonderful function. We're going to get to some of the stories in, in just a little bit, but when you're hearing, and I, you've, you've heard some of these bios through the years, when you're hearing these stories of these women and what they do beyond just their day jobs, um, how inspiring is that to you? And, and do you think it is to up-and-coming girls? I do think they're all role models for girls, and it is very inspiring to wonder how they even have time to work right. with everything <laughs> else that they do. And when you get to talk to each one, you'll see. And obviously, I'm especially proud of Angie Gray because she was my student in high school oh. when I taught at Berkeley Springs. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I'll just add that it is uh, definitely humbling and an honor to be here with uh, Ms. Jenkins. Uh, not only was I her student, um, I'm not sure if they still do this because I'm old. I'm going to tell my age. We had um, homeroom teach homeroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. OK. And she was I got lucky and she was also my homeroom uh, teacher. Nice. So I think one of the biggest things with leaders um, and, you know, showing our youth and our young women that they can be powerful in their communities. We had good role models. You know, Miss Jenkins was a great role model and a mentor for me. And I think that's, you know, really what this is about is mentoring our youth um, to be successful and to help and, and be community partners. Well, can we go ahead and bring Angela into the conversation? Sure. Yeah, um, she, I, I have this feeling she might just get paged out, like called out to, <laughs> to do something important, right? Uh, Angela Gray, the Berkeley Morgan County Board of Health's nursing director. And um, according to the bio, you've demonstrated through your career, great leadership rule um, skills and commitment to serving others. Probably, um, really evidence this year as the pandemic <laughs> happened. What has your life been like uh, since the pandemic hit? Pandemic life? <laughs> right. Um, I know our whole community has has been affected. It, a pandemic will affect every aspect of the community worldwide, as you see. Um, for us, we were already busy. You know, we have a lot of public health issues in West Virginia, as well as in the nation. Um, I love public health because you know, in the last 100 years, there's been an increase of 25 years in life expectancy. And in that 25 years of life expectancy increase, 20 of those years are directly contributed to public health. And the two main things that change that that we are living, you know, 20 more years than what we were before is our vaccines and our, and our sanitation. Um, you know, that has been some of our most powerful tools in the toolbox. Um, so this year, the last 18 months, we haven't really had a life uh, other than pandemic. Um, my staff and our co-workers all across this nation have given and given and given. I don't think, you know, general public really even has any idea that many months for months in a row, they would work 12, 16 hour shifts, six and seven days a week. Everybody, all hands on board. We spend our birthdays together, our children's birthdays together, our anniversaries together and not with our families. Um, we didn't have that luxury because the community was counting in, in, on us to help them. So it's amazing because, you know, following the numbers as I have in the, you know, since the pandemic started, you know, June, July ish, there were, there was a lull. And I remember going, okay, Morgan County, four active cases. It's, we got this licked. Mm. And now, you know, it's over 100 again in Morgan County, tiny Morgan County. Yeah. And with the population, when you look at that, that's 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 really bad. I mean, you know, um, and June was beautiful. 
June was beautiful. We had, we had such a nice month and a half. Uh, yeah, yeah month and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we were, were able to actually get every one of our staff, our employees out for a week vacation. First time that that's ever happened in the, mm. in the pandemic because we were mandated no vacations. I mean, that's just what happens. Um, I would like to take a moment to talk about how beautiful those six weeks were. If you saw when we came out, especially in West Virginia, we not only led the nation, we led the world with shots in arms in the beginning. We should be very proud of that as Mountaineers. Um, you could see it. You could see what we were doing from January through May. That's what got you the beautiful June. Okay. Um, and then you saw vaccine hesitancy come in. And then you saw in mid-July climbing to where we are now. Mm-hmm. So you can, the power, uh, the evidence is there. We can see it in front of us. We don't need anybody above us to tell us that. Um, and Mountaineers, I've been so proud to be a West Virginia my whole life because we take care of our own and it's time we get up and take care of our own and we all get the shot in the arm. We've had these requirements of that since we were kids. This isn't anything new. This is a blessing that we live in a great country that we have this access so quickly and early on. So I just encourage everyone to be a Mountaineers, do what we do and let's take care of each other and let's get vaccinated so we can have another beautiful June, maybe. <laughs> a beautiful June in October. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Sure. yes. We're just like a beautiful year. Yeah. You know, maybe something and like is that. that too much to and we it's can get there. And I think a lot of people don't realize is we don't need to eradicate uh, COVID. We need to get out of pandemic status for mm-hmm. our lives to be more normal. And right. that will take as evidence what's happening in our hospitals. Now, I can't sit here and not talk about my heartbreaking for my colleagues um, who are in our hospitals right now and what they're dealing with and what they're seeing. There is not enough of us to take care of others. And that's not just COVID. Um, you know, that's every other issue. You hear our governor say that if you have heart attack, stroke, you're, de- you're going to be delayed. I personally witnessed that last week with my sister-in-law who had an abnormal EKG, who had a high blood pressure, who was taken by ambulance to an ED and put in the waiting room. For six hours, Hmm. a cardiac patient. This is where we are. Angela Gray is with us, women of distinction, honoree, of course. And um, in your bio, it talked about, you know, not only your work during the pandemic, but of course, um, harm reduction efforts in the two counties. Um, You know, while this pandemic is going on, the opioid epidemic continues. So talk a little bit about that. Still very real, and especially for West Virginians, uh, you know, we will... This year will be our hardest hit with the amount of deaths that we've had in West Virginians from overdose. Unfortunately, um, you know, pandemics hit our, us mentally. It really affects our psyche. It decreases our access to everything else. So it no surprise that an already area, you know, where we were struggling um, is going to take a hard hit. And that is really sad because we've done so much work, especially in Eastern Panhandle, um, to try to get what we call a recovery ready community because we're just not that, you know, the resources aren't there. There's so much more, so many community partners working on this. My role in it was I saw very early on and nobody was talking about it and more and more West Virginians injecting when coming into our other programs. And, you know, I'd never seen that before. West Virginians just didn't wake up one morning and stick a needle in their arm. That's not how this happened. Um, so I started researching what a public health nurse could do, and that's where I fought, found the beautiful thing that is harm reduction. And if you see that as just a, a needle exchange program, you're missing the mm. whole boat because right. it is so much more than that. 
um, and we link to all of our other community partners. And it is one, a very strong tool in the toolbox that has more than 30 years of evidence behind it from back when we had HIV. So. So another tool in the toolbox, of course, is uh, great programs that get youth involved in other things and, and busy after school and busy all, all weekend and busy selling cookies. And that's Girl Scouts. You were a Girl Scout mom? Yes, I was. I, I was a 4-H'er as a child. We I didn't have a Girl Scout unit near me. Um, so, you know, the four H's, you know, head, heart, hands and health. And yep. I still live that pretty much <laughs> yep. today. Um, but I was uh, fortunate and, and uh, to be a Girl Scout mom. Um, our daughter was a Girl Scout for many years and I definitely did the cookie drives. Mm. But much more than that is what so much that our young women, our young girls get from Girl Scouts and that linkage to, you know, preparing them to be a good member in society and um, a good neighbor and a good mountaineer uh, for our state. So, And uh, stick around because we'll continue this conversation here after the news break. Listen to Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, coming individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarn. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. What a, a busy, busy morning. And the conversation outside the broadcast is just as interesting. I know. I kind of wish we could have just a mic going the whole time, you know. <laughs> So I don't think our guests nah, would like that necessarily. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but um, but it's interesting because when when we had uh, Angela on, uh, she was getting a lot of support in the room, and uh, you know we were talking off mic about how much these ladies support each other in their efforts, uh, even you know when it's not women of distinction time. So let's talk to Elaine Bartleson, who's not a stranger to the program. Morning, Morning from the uh, Eastern Panhandle Transit Authority. So. Uh, Welcome back in. Thanks. <laughs> it was interesting because of the nexus that you were talking about among you guys, because Angela's work, um, you know, with opioid harm reduction uh, really, you know, crosses boundaries yeah. with what you do. We are very involved on a state level with um, opioid recovery, um, any substance abuse recovery through the SOAR grant. So what does that mean, boots on ground for for EPTA, what do you guys do? So we are partnering, well, actually all um, state agencies, transit agencies have agreed to sign on to this. So we, um, if we get a call from our 800, we have a, a call center where we receive calls 24 hours a day. Um, we also have um, the hospital who has, um, or any organization locally has some, our cell phone numbers if it's out of after hours, and they call, and, and if we can get them um, individuals to recovery, we make our best effort to do it within a 24- to 48-hour period. Sometimes uh, that, that time just ticks down. It becomes very important to get mm-hmm. them because it's, a, it's voluntary at it, the time, right? It is voluntary. I mean, they're calling us to get to recovery, so we don't want to delay that. Because mm-hmm. um, they might change their mind. They might change their mind, and um, it's, it's important to us, I think, on every level, every person knows someone or has someone in their life mm-hmm. who's been affected by um, drug addiction or any type of addiction. 
So, Elaine, I know you're active in the community. You've probably seen a lot of women of distinction. Were you surprised when you got the nod? Well, <laughs> yes, I, I, I was. Um, I, actually, a lot of them are my friends, mm-hmm. and um, I felt um, it was at the end of a very uh, bad week. Uh, you know, as Angie talked about, you know, the pandemic hits public transit so hard, um, from employees to ridership to all all levels um, in our organization. So um, a lot of frustrating that week. And, and my good friend, Chris Johnson, gave me a call and mm-hmm. I just dissolved into tears. <laughs> I was like, because, you know, and I don't know how Terry and Angie feel, but I, I got that call and, and somehow you don't feel like you're deserving of it. Because I do know of the women who went before me and uh, I look up to all of them. So, so talk about that. You were a Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout. So, um, you know, if you look, if you can can look back a little bit and and see yourself as little Elaine, if you saw, you know, older Elaine, would would you be someone that you'd say, oh yeah, that's cool, I want to do that? Well, wow, what a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had a really so little history. Um. I grew up in Lakewood, New York, outside of Jamestown, New York, and uh, both my parents were educators, but my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was very young. And she, um, back in the day, it was 1969, they didn't know a whole lot about MS, so um, some decisions were made, and my mom actually became a a paraplegic. And uh, so she was not able to do that typical mom thing. So my neighbor... Um, Sonia, well, her daughter, my friend Lisa's mom, Sonia Stallman, and Dee Ferraro, who is the Girl Scout leader, uh, made sure that I got to go to Brownies and Girl Scouts. And without those women, I don't know that that path I was on would have wow. started. You had to be little, tiny. I w- well, yeah, first grade, wow. Brownies. And, um, you know, they made sure I got there. Because my dad was a principal, my mother before her disability was a principal. And so they, you know, as educators, you know, you don't have just three kids, you have 500 kids, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how my parents felt. So, um, yeah, so I had two very strong, extraordinary women start me on my journey with the Girl Scouts. And um, I was actually, Dee has passed on, but I did let her daughter know, and I was able to tell uh, Sonia through her daughter that I got this award and I did mention them because oh, wow. it was pretty important to me. Full circle. Full circle. And and I will answer your question. You are worthy of it. Oh, yes. you. you are worthy of little kids looking up to what you've accomplished, not only in your job, you know, yeah. you're heading this huge uh, Eastern Panhandle Transit Authority, but also the work that you do outside of it. Yeah. Thank so. you. Absolutely. Again, we are speaking about the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction here on Panhandle Live this morning. And I'm kind of just sitting back and letting uh, it all kind of unfold in front of me because, to be honest, this is the first time I've ever heard of the Girl Scouts Women of Distinction Award. So it's pretty cool to hear you know, the backstory, especially you know having a former woman of distinction here in Vicki and, and then the most recent one. So it's, uh, it's cool to hear how much is done 
in a community. And you say all the time, Marsha, that we are amongst heroes all the time. And mm-hmm. We have no idea. Right. And, you know, this is a perfect example of that. You'd have no idea, you know, that the transit authority is doing these, you know, calls in the middle of the night to drive to, you know, different parts of the state to pick somebody up on days that they, you know, probably didn't want to go do that because it's a volunteer base thing. So that's why I'm staying kind of quiet over here today because I'm just kind of taking it all in. Well, I can't do this without my staff, you know, and I have extraordinary drivers, admin staff that are really committed to public transit. And um, there's a lot of changes coming down the road for us, but... uh, you know, we all we all know the mission, and we're here to serve the community. So I, I was going to give her a commercial break, but I, I think we probably should go ahead and talk to Terry. I think so. Let's all do right. it. You're among friends, <laughs> oh, very <wow>. good friends. <laughs> Terry Beard, pres- past president, I right, should say, right. of the Morgan County Chamber of Commerce, n- now a member of the, of the board. Yes. And uh, so you're one of the women of distinction. You've arrived. Wow, thank you. <laughs> and um, you know, you've had to make some difficult decisions as a board this year yes. uh, with apple butter. So let's get that out of the way. Oh, wow. Uh, you went straight to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get it out of the way. Get the hard part done first. Yeah, got to okay. get it out of the way. Um, very unpopular decision with about 50% of the folks. And then the other 50 were very supportive that we made the right decision. But unfortunately, in today's world, there is just too much out there that we have to be safe and we have to be smart and responsible. And I'm hoping and keeping my fingers crossed that next year we'll have the best apple butter festival ever. Um, But with the planning that goes into it and the permits and all the fees that have to be paid, you have to make a decision with the best information that you have at that time and unfortunately, our best decision was we, we need to, to cancel this year. And we did cancel last year. So it's... Um, Had to cancel last year. I mean, the yeah. governor made you, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, that simplifies it. But yeah. like all the festivals were canceled. Right. But um, it'll, it'll be back. It will be back. It'll be better yeah. than ever. And folks will be like, I missed this. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> so let's talk about your experience. You were, you were a little brownie and a, oh, and a Girl Scout. <laughs> um, what was that like growing up? Uh, well, Sandy Drake, I'll give her a, a shout out. She was my troop leader. Um, my friend, Lisa Drake, Lisa Ambrose now, who's a school teacher. Everyone grows up and yeah. sometimes they change yeah. their names. Yep. It's, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> Growing I up, grow yeah. up. I always want to be a Girl Scout now. Um, yeah, she got me involved and then uh, we went from brownie stage into the Girl Scout stage and um, in fact, there were a couple old pictures that Lisa pulled out and said, hey, do you remember these days? And I'm like, really? I didn't even realize they existed because wow. it's just so long ago. But um, yeah, just some really extraordinary women that were around us that were leading us and teaching and some great memories that were made along the way. And I think that that's a big thing for me because it did teach me to be prepared and start giving to others because I saw it happening with me. And of course, you know, my mother, I, I, I look at her, she's a strong figure in my life, but I also had this community around me. And, you know, Cindy Havermel, who is a, a woman of distinction, and uh, Jeannie Mosier, who was a mm-hmm. woman of distinction, and we sadly lost her last year. Right. Um, you know, I can start naming Becky Stotler and Lori Hansroth. I mean, I can name all these women who I look to and say, wow, they're incredible. These women are incredible. And then I have to tell you, like, I was a little taken back when I was like, 
okay, you're with Elaine and Angie. I'm like, no, not, not a good idea. <laughs> I'm not that caliber of a person. Um, I, I don't see myself in that way. I'm more behind the scenes. But these women that I get to, to share this honor with are just absolutely extraordinary. And it just, you know, when Angie was talking, I got a little emotional because she's passionate about what she does. And then Elaine's telling us the story during the break. And again, cold chills and, and just, you know, it's, it's an incredible experience to have these type of women in your life. And, you know, my best friends are out Mm -hmm. there and, and they're incredible women and all that they do. And, and I recently, my, my granddaughter turned one year old and I want to be that woman in her life. And I want to show her, her mother is beyond amazing, but Aww. just, you know, I want to be that special person in her life too. And Girl Scouts started that for me. And I, and I can look back and say that was a turning point in my life mm-hmm. to what I wanted to be when I grew up. Well, mm-hmm. and, and here you are because you are making an impact. Talk to us about starting points. Uh, starting points. So we do um, the Empty Bowls program, which is coming up in November, by the way. So I'll do a little plug there. Come on back in whenever, whenever you guys are ready yeah. to do that again. Um, Audrey Morris um, is obviously, um, she's responsible for all of this stuff. And again, woman of distinction and a, another incredible person. Um, so she is kind of leading this effort and we're on the fundraising committee where uh, we sell the soup and the artisan bowls. Um, but we also are going to, going to do an online auction. And um, the money that we raise, which our goal is $10,000, um, is 50% of the cost that runs those uh, mealtime kitchens um, for the year in Morgan County. Hmm. And so it's it's incredibly important for us to um, bring, bring that funding in and help our community. And what ages does that benefit? Um, it's all ages, actually. Um, so it's it's families that we're, we're mm-hmm. servicing at that at, at that level. So Girl Scouts, starting points, Little League. <laughs> I know, quite a change. Um, that's my son's fault. So thanks, Matt. Um, and my husband, Chris. Um, actually started very young. Uh, he was four years old and Aww. we got involved and kind of morphed into, okay, now I'm on the local board and then I'm on the district board for the state. You couldn't just sit in the stands. That's how it always happens. Right, right, right. Story as old as time right there. So my son, you know, went on to high school baseball and and I kind of got bored, so I just stayed with Little League. And, um, yeah, these kids, it's just – my husband and I, um, we still to this day go to baseball games just to watch these kids because it's just the – the happiness and the fun and the innocence that's there and, you know, being able to cheer them on Mm -hmm. and support them is just, it's, it's a great feeling and it's fulfilling that you can help others by just being there and supporting them in that way. Now we have to step aside real quick for one last break and we'll continue this conversation. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. 
You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And joining us in studio, we're talking about Girl Scouts Women of Distinction. We have Vicki Jenkins, Terry Beard, Elaine Bartleson, and Angie Gray in studio. Now, we were talking. Now, this, of course, uh, this has a big connection with the Girl Scouts of America. And we, I think, have talked about this on the air. I have never really had Girl Scout cookies no, before. not until and like Marsha few... decided to bring that up in front of the uh, crew here today, and everybody looked at me in shock and awe. <laughs> and then they started suggesting, like, "Oh, then you haven't tried this one. You should try this one. You have the greatest opportunity ahead of you, young man." <laughs> I know, absolutely. So I want before we get back into the serious stuff here, I want to open it up to the crew. Uh, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? If you had to pick, whoever wants to go first, go ahead. I'm going to say the shortbread. Shortbread? Okay, I've had that one. That's pretty good. I like the peanut butter ones, but I also like thin mints. <laughs> okay. I'm a thin mint girl. Mm. Thin mint. In the yeah. freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's oh. what I hear is the big move is put them in the freezer. I didn't know that. The Samoas. Oh, the Samoas. Okay. Didn't you have a Samoa? Did I you? think I had, we had a, a whole Yeah, Kathy, Kathy array of them. Some yeah, and I, I think I have one of each. And I like the thin mints. See, I'm weird. I don't like, I like chocolate and peanut butter, but I don't like them together. I like mint and chocolate, but I don't like them together. So that kind of messes me up. I know, kind of messes me up with all this stuff. Wrong with you. It's all right, Jordan. I don't like tea and lemon together. Now now that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. So uh, speaking of uh, those great cookies, I should thank Kathy Slamenda for uh, bringing all of this together, making it all work, all of the the emails that she sent and making all the arrangements. And we were so worried till the last minute that, that Angie wouldn't be able to come, but I'm so glad that all of you are here together and uh, you will be again together next month. So talk to us about that, uh, Vicki. Well, the Women of Distinction event will be held <clears throat> October 13th and it begins at 1130. And if you want to order tickets, you can order them at HTTPS semicolon backslash backslash w-o-d dot givesmart dot com givesmart dot com so again h-t-t-p-s semicolon backslash backslash w-o-d dot g-i-v-e-s-m-a-r-t dot com and tickets are fifty dollars but there are also uh, sponsorship opportunities available and you'll see all that if you go to that website but you need to do it soon. We're finalizing the program um, very, very soon, and it'll go to print, so it'll be ready for October 13th. But come and join us and see these remarkable women and other remarkable women that have come before them. I want to thank Kathy Slamenda, too. I have helped a little bit with her with the PR committee, and she is absolutely fabulous. Very detail-oriented. She sure Let's just is. put that out there. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so we appreciate her doing that. Also, the yummy cookies that she made sure that we got. And, absolutely. And, and introduced Jordan to an entirely new That's culture. right. I mean, I've already know, I've known about it. Everybody's yelled at me for years and years and years because I've never had them. And now that I'm part of the, I'm in like mind in now. The universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with them. <laughs> Give me all of them. Right. Wow. So in addition to a yummy lunch on that day on October 13th, lots of inspirational stories, some of which you will hear parts of uh, our conversation today. 
But isn't it remarkable that we have all of these amazing women in the studio at once? It's incredible. And I've, uh, I think I've been more entertained listening to our conversations during the commercial breaks than I have been on the air hearing <laughs> all the different things that you guys are doing together uh, to help the community in, in, in ways that you wouldn't necessarily suspect would be, you know, uh, connected. Like right. with the transportation uh, authority and with you know healthcare and different things like that, it's 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 been very eye opening and uh, very special to hear all these today. Absolutely. So, yeah. do you guys have anything else that you want to mention? Or we still got a little and, bit. Of time. Angie's got some probably some we got public four minutes. Stuff. Sure, Angie's a Angie's a talker. She always <laughs> has something to say. Um, I would just like to say, um, you know, listening to Terry, um, you know, feeling like maybe she doesn't deserve to sit at this table. You know, we all have that. We talked offline about the imposter syndrome um, and many of us suffer from that, especially because we want to be humble. We do mm-hmm. this to serve our communities, not for the accolades. But Terry does deserve to be here. You know, my dad, my parents were very much community people. And and, and when I lost my dad, who is a Vietnam vet and fire, was a volunteer fireman, just very much in the community, um, his funeral procession to the graveyard was basically a parade. They dumped every, uh, you know, uh, the apparatus and all that apparatuses, Mm -hmm. the, our courthouse, you know, flew their flag at half mask. And someone said to me, and, and, you know, I actually had to laugh, you know, you laugh or cry when you're grieving that, you know, just arrived. I thought only my dad would have a parade (laughs) on, you know, at his funeral. But someone said to me, your dad was that person who was just always there. And that's Terry and my community in Morgan. I live in Morgan. Terry's always there. You know, when we lose somebody, she's always there making sure she can do whatever she can for us. You know, whether it be bringing the food, serving the food, organizing the food, which is huge when you're in the middle of those things. Mm -hmm. In addition to all of the powerful stuff that she does on the boards and stuff, she is that member of my community who I know is always there for me. And that says so much. Wow. Very. That's very We're not going to hear from her because she's she's fighting back tears. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so nice. I love the camaraderie. So nice. You don't, uh, I mean, somebody that does, I mean, people that do as much in the community as y'all do, like you said, you're not looking for, you know, a thanks every day. You're just trying to help anyone that you can, but people deserve to be, you know, spotlighted for the things they do in the community. And that's why I'm glad we're able to do this today. And doggone it, you know, as you're, as you're talking about inspiring girls, as they're coming up, one of the things you do need to empower them to do is to think positively about themselves and not put themselves, you know, on the on the back burner all the time. Exactly, and I'll say this, and I'll leave it up to the rest of them to talk. Some <laughs> um, is just that you know, um, our staff too, and our coworkers are an amazing part of this team, and not any of us would be here doing the things we were doing without them. You know, Elaine talked about that when we were um, not on air of her amazing employees and what they do and, mm-hmm. and give up their days and their birthdays and stuff. So we need to always highlight those people who are beside us, who are giving just as much because it wouldn't happen without them. So kudos to all of our coworkers mm-hmm. um, who make what we do even more possible and our community partners. Elaine? Well, I just want to say that, you know, and I know Angie, I know Terry, not as well as I know Angie, <laughs> but I, I cannot believe I'm so humbled to sit next to Terry too. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think the 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 message for girls that I always want to do is you can do anything you want to do and you can be anything you want to be. And sometimes, you know, my dad always said, 
the world needs dish, ditch diggers as well as they need rocket scientists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever your passion is, just go after it. Right. And um, sometimes it's not about the money. It's yeah. it's about your passion in the world. And I think that's a, a really good message. And that's the message I grew up with. You can meet these ladies and hear their stories October 13th at the luncheon at the Holiday Inn. Uh, thanks for being with us today, ladies. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. And tomorrow we're going to highlight the folks working hard at the Day of Caring uh, with our friends from the uh, United Way of the Eastern Panhandle. That's it. Again, we've been speaking with Vicki Jenkins, Terry Beard, Elaine Bartleson, and Andrew Gray, all Girl Scout women of distinction. Thank you for coming in today. It was uh, an eye-opening uh, conversation today to just sit back and be able to hear all the great things that you guys and your you know organization are doing in the community. And I'm so happy that we were able to spotlight that for people. So again, thanks for uh, joining us today. And you can listen back to this a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. But for Marsha Kavalik, I'm Jordan Icewater. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. We will see you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.